welcome back to the Ice Cash Report as Tim Continenza joins myself every week as we break down the previous week's game for our Penguins and preview the next week's game. And Tim, uh, the good feeling after the Valparaiso win was quickly diminished uh, as the home, or the conference opener against the Leathernecks of Western Illinois uh, got off to a terrible start, and it just went downhill from there. Obviously, I think I could sense in your voice uh, when we talked during the game, uh, very, very frustrating and disheartening. Um, so I want to get your opening thoughts before we dive deeper into it. Yeah, it was disappointing. It, You know, it, I've never gone into a game always expecting, you know, you go into a game hoping to win. And I, and seeing a an effort where you liked what you, win or lose you like what you've seen, and this is the first time that I can remember in the Bo Pelini era that I have truly looked at that team and said, "Who is this team? What are they doing? Is there any motivation on this team? Is there any pride in this team? Because at times in that game." It just looked lack, lackluster, and that shocked the hell out of me. Uh, I never would expect that, and it was disappointing. I know they played better at times in that game, but there were times where I just thought I seen very little good effort, and that goes across the board, offense, defense, special teams. It was just – it wasn't a full 60 minutes of football that you expect out of a football team, and that's – Something I think has been become a chronic problem for the Penguins this year is uh, playing 100% on every play and giving you 60 minutes of good football and effort. No team is perfect. However, this team here, their imperfection is showing. I I completely agree. We talked about it on our last um, Ice Cast report. Um, that the effort was getting better and we saw some, some signs of, okay, this, you know, this is going to turn around. We, we made mention that it, it's always not going to be pretty. You're never going to play a perfect game per se. Um, but you and I have been big on effort this year. And we said that this season won't be judged on wins and losses with all the injuries and everything going on. That it just, we want to see improvement each week. Um, and I guess maybe we've been spoiled. But I don't think asking for effort is that big of a, a want. I will say this. This is um, outside of the Illinois State game last year when we led an egg at home and homecoming and lost 35 nothing. Um, this effort was deplorable. And I don't want to be too harsh because I love my Penguins. But – it was terrible. You, this was, look, Western Illinois is a good football team, and we, and we broke them down. But this wasn't South Dakota State, North Dakota State, and Northern Iowa. This was Western Illinois. There's, they're not world beaters. And there was no emotion. There was no fire. And it's very odd, like you remarked, for a Bo Pelini coach football team to be just going through the motions like it's only game four and it looks like 
I made this mention to you that they've tuned out already. And it's it's very frustrating and concerning that we still have six more games to go, seven more games to go, and yeah. we're putting this kind of effort on the field. I don't uh, – I guess I'm at a loss for words, basically, um, because like you said, you go into every game hoping to win. Um, and we knew this would be a very tough game. But I think more so, I think you and I could sit here and say, hey, if the Penguins lost 45-38 and fought like we're accustomed to them doing, okay, you tipped your cap to Western for making one more play. But, I mean, this 45-38 score is not indicative of how truly dominant. I mean, how truly dominant Western Illinois was over us. I mean, they just truly kicked the crap out of us, Tim. They did. And more than anything... You know, I watched the game and they they had, you know, how they have those two minute interviews with the yep. head coach at halftime. And mm-hmm. and Bo was upset. Bo was not pleased with the way that team was handling every situation. And he flat out challenged his team since, you know, we he said Monday through Friday, we're teaching something and they're doing it. And when it comes Saturday, they're not doing they're not following their assignments. We're missing assignments. We're not playing hard. You know, and he was calling out his team you know, coming into the second half. And turnovers hurt you, yes, and they had their share. However, effort on every play is not that difficult. You know, when YSU got back into the game, you know, they in the, in the first half, Western Illinois went on that, you know, drive 10 plays, 80 yards, took like four minutes off the clock, got the, you know, the, the opening touchdown. You know, and they and then they missed the extra point, and you're thinking, okay, here comes Youngstown, and you know, six minutes later, they get on the scoreboard. They had their own seven play drive. You know, McCaster looked well, uh, and you know, they were able to take the lead. And you're thinking, all right, now they're settled in. It's kind of like uh, in a boxing match, you know, where you get punch and counter punch. You know, and now you're thinking, okay, they they're on the road, they 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 settled in, and then Western Illinois just kind of like took over in the second quarter, and that to me was effort. There was just offensively, there was drop passes, there was misassignments, there was so many opportunities to extend plays that just did not happen, and and that was frustrating. And you know, and Western Illinois went on, th- uh, you know, three touchdowns, three touchdowns without YSU answering, and really took control of that ball game. You know, two in the second quarter, and right off the start of the third quarter. And you're, I was like, at that time, I'm like, are you kidding me? And in the third quarter, it was the 75-yard run. I mean, that was that was effort on that play. That's inexcusable. That was absolutely a blown coverage, you know, and, and just effort. It wasn't there. And you just can't fall behind. I, right then, that's when I said, I, my, my came up and said, oh, my God. It's just yeah. took, it just made when, me sad. When we gave up the 75-yard run, um, I believe it was right after that you had texted me and we were just confused. And I guess still a, a week later, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, going into the game, we gave our keys to what we believe the Penguins needed to do to win the game. And I said, as well as Western throws the ball, and they threw the ball very well with Sean McGuire, 22-34 for 324, four touchdowns, 
little resistance, no picks. Uh, we had two sacks, uh, you know. But I said the key to a Penguin victory was would be to shut down the Western Illinois run game. And Western Illinois only ran the ball 31 times. They ran the ball more than us. They had 151 yards. So 30 carries for 85 yards, 86 yards. Um, it was – it's very – very maddening. The defense continues to struggle, even with uh, Coach McNutt back. I thought it'd bring a swagger to the team. Um, what's also very concerning to me, and I'll take you back off this, is, and I want your thoughts on this, is when the Penguins have a bye week, it seems to be a very lackluster performance the next week. And I, I don't know why that is. I Maybe you can expand on why you think it could be, but it it just seems to me that it's been eh. – I know we beat South Dakota State last year, um, but – Bye weeks and road games are bad combinations. Uh, that's one of the things I thought was, you know, you lack your focus because you don't – football and sports is about routine in my opinion. You want to mm-hmm. have a routine. You want to play every Saturday at a certain time and you want to, you know, move forward to that, to that goal on, you know, of the game each Saturday. It could be a night game, it could be a day game, but you look forward to that opportunity. You know, Monday is, you know, maybe the, just a scouting day in a sense, and you're going through the classes of, of, of the gay Tuesday's a hitting day. Wednesday's a hitting day. Thursday, you know, you're Wednesday, you're implementing the, the game plan, whatever the case, however they organize it. And you want that consistency, you know. And then when you get a buy, you know, you get maybe a, a couple of days off. You tell the kids, you know, you just come in and lift weights, da 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 da. You know, get your studies done, get ahead in your game, you know, in your schoolwork. You know, get take advantage of this opportunity, and you work towards, you know, working on certain things, but you don't have a goal of a game that next week. And then I think anytime you're on a buy and you're going on the road. It's just, I, don't, it's, I think it's difficult for that team on the road. I don't yeah. care who you are. I, I think that's just, it just adds another uh, obstacle to overclimb, to climb up. And hey, it is what it is. They definitely need help along the way and uh, they need a little shakeup. I'll say this. And one of the takeaways I have of this game mm-hmm. is Van Gorder played great. I thought Van Gorder played his best game of the, of that- the season. And more than anything, I you know he made some nice passes. The his receivers and backs just did not cooperate, and and made the ball catches. They just at times, it, uh, yeah, he, he turned over the ball. But the same thing that you expect certain things that can happen. Mm-hmm. I just thought his play was quality. I thought his play was really good, and. You know, some of his teammates just didn't fall through at the same level that he did. Maybe that's because he's an older player, but he hasn't played a lot. And mm-hmm. I thought Van Gorder actually played very well. And it's disappointing when you have your quarterback on the road play good and play at that level that the rest of the team uh, didn't match it. And in the process, you fell behind, you know, and you never really caught up. And that's the key. I mean, the score doesn't tell you the fi- the score doesn't tell you the story of the game. Forty-five, thirty-eight looks like a, a shootout, 
mm-hmm. you were down 21 points through a lot of this game. Yeah, you were. And, you know, you scored two late touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make the gap look good. Uh, you were down 21 points, you know, in the fourth quarter. Those last two touchdowns makes the score look a little bit more acceptable, but you weren't in this game. You were not in this game. Western Illinois controlled the outcome of this game uh, starting in the second quarter and never let off and really made the Penguins uh, pay the price. And I think that's the biggest key right now is can they accelerate to the level that they need to for all four quarters? Yeah, it's um, the offense statistically looked better. But like you said, when you get down 21 points, you got to start opening it up. Uh, anytime you ask your quarterback to throw 57 times, you're in big trouble. You are in really big trouble. Um, so I want to start with a positive takeaway for me. Montgomery Van Gorder continues to play really well each week. I know he had two interceptions. Uh, the one, uh, his first one was not his fault. Uh, the receiver, you know, uh, Bo said today, and it's pretty evident on when you watch the game, receiver ran the wrong route. Um, uh, Van Gorder made the right read and everything. But, you know, that's – I don't know if it's the lack of chemistry between a first-year starter and some young receivers. i also go another positive for me. Uh, we touched on him after the West Virginia game. Zach Farrar, five more catches, 83 yards, um, and a touchdown. So – that was really good. Uh, Van Gorda threw for 418 and three scores. Um, I'll say this, and, you know, it's like the what-if game of sports is the worst game you can play. But if the Penguins had this kind of quarterback and play the last year, they're in the playoffs. So, but it, that's last year. But uh, Van Gorda continues to grow each week and make strides. The very, very uh, bad takeaway outside of the 45 points on defense and we, we, you know, they ran 21 less plays than us and still outgained us, um, which is, you know. But why is you? 20, 28 carries, 55 yards rushing. We talked about before the season even began, Tim, going into the Butler game, um, that the Penguins – should run the ball pretty effectively on every team on their schedule, maybe outside of the top two or three teams in the conference. And you're going against a defense that's not great. And you get to Tevin McCaster, 17 carries, 40 yards. The the big concerning thing to me, your second leading rusher was Montgomery Van Gorder with eight carries. You know, you got this, this great talent in Christian Turner, one carry for negative two yards. There, something is not clicking for the Penguins, um, whether it be, and I have my own thoughts on, I think the there's a difference in opinion of what the offense should be with Coach Brasillo and Pelini and Crisp. But still, the Penguins have always statistically ran the ball very well uh, the last couple years. Um, is it... You know, I know the 28 carries is because you got behind a lot, so you had to start throwing the ball a lot. But you should – I mean, you should have 55 yards halfway through the first quarter at Youngstown State. This is a program built on the run. 
and we flat out got embarrassed up front. We got embarrassed on both sides of the ball, and um, I bring back to mind a some a familiar quote that Bo used in the playoffs in 2016: "Is how you beat an opponent, and it's by looking the guy across from you in the eye and saying, not today. You're going to beat him physically up front. You're going to beat him physically and mentally." And right now, the Penguins are not doing that. They're not winning up front on either side of the ball. And that is why we sit at 1-3, um, 0-1, most importantly, in the Missouri Valley with a brutal stretch coming up. Um, so I know you had a positive takeaway in Montgomery Van Gorder's play, and I, I believe you share my sentiment on Zach Farrar playing well. Tim, what is your – I know we've talked about the defense. What's your takeaway about the offense outside of Van Gorder? Because right now it's just not gelling. Well, I think the key is to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. And I don't think they did that in the first half. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, McCaster, you got to get the ball to him. And I think Farrar proved his value. I think London needs to get the ball more. I think mm-hmm. you have players. You got to get the ball in their hands. Uh, today, football is even though it's 11 on 11 and you spread offense, it's really like seven on seven football. You want to get the ball in space to your playmakers and you have to create either lanes for that to happen to run the ball or lanes for that to throw the ball that you're delivering it to your playmaker that he can then make a move after have receiving the ball. If that's, you know, pitch out mm-hmm. on a, uh, or an RPO, whatever the, the scenario you choose to do it in. Today's football, in my opinion, and you can see it at every level. You see it now in the NFL level higher than ever before. A lot of it is kind of seven-on-seven seven football. You have to recognize a defense and take advantage of a weakness. It's kind of like in basketball. You can run in the same play over and over again until they stop it. Uh, you know, if the, if you can run, you know, a certain play, if it's a pick and roll, you keep doing it until they make adjustments. And in football is the same way. You keep running the ball. You keep throwing it to the tight end. You keep, you know, throwing out wide. You're going deep. Whatever the case may be, if you have success doing it. I think that rhythm was lost at times in the game. But Van Gorder found himself in the second half and was able to make some plays. Uh, I think some of the t- his teammates – picked up their game a little bit, but the key is, you know, you can't leave plays on the ground and it was, there was a lot of drop balls. I know he completed what 33 of you know 57 mm-hmm. for 418 yards statistically looks great, but truth of the matter is he probably had seven or eight drop passes in that game. And those are, those are drive extenders. Yep. Those are opportunities yep. to keep the ball in your hand and to, to score points. And if you don't do that, that's the problem. 31 first downs, that's that's a great achievement. I don't care who you are. Uh, obviously, you know, running, yeah, 55 yards rushing, but that's because you're behind three touchdowns. Once you got behind three touchdowns, you knew it was going to be a throwing game. Uh, you, you know, it, the only way it back into is quick scores. It didn't happen, but you had to throw the ball. Uh, that's just the way it works in football, works in all sports. You get behind, you have to go to plan B. I thought Van Gorder did a great job. I think if anything they've learned is they have to trust their quarterback and get uh-huh. get him the ball, give him time to deliver ball to his playmakers. 
And I hope that is the takeaway that they have this week is they have the quarterback. He makes good decisions and let him get the ball in his playmakers. Uh, get it to McCaster. Let him make plays. Get him out in space. Get the ball pitched out to him. Run RPOs with him. Uh, get the ball, you know, to your playmakers. If it's for get him in the ball. He's done a great yeah. job. And, and I think to me, that's the key. You have to, you know, you have to get the ball to your playmakers. And that's the key. Right now, on a consistency basis of the offense, I don't think they do that uh, with the success that they were hoping to. And I'm not sure that's play calling or if it's just execution. I think it's a little bit more of execution than play calling, to be quite honest with you. And uh, a little bit of more want. You have to want the ball. You have to want to make the play. And just that, to me, that's the key. Get the ball to your playmakers in space and have them an opportunity to make extra plays. Yeah, I agree with you. It's uh, the coaching staff this week has to identify who our playmakers are. Um, I, I know I mentioned Christian Turner only had one carry negative two yards. He did have eight catches for 55 yards, so maybe he's a receiver. Um, and we give Joe Alessi more touches, who I know you and I have talked about yeah. in the backfield. Um, it was an ugly, ugly performance. Um, it's one, as you say, you watch the game film and you burn it because uh, – a lot of the Penguins' problems are inexperienced. Depth is good when you have the quality. Quality over quantity. Um, and that's what they always say. Um, so like I said, you watch it, you burn it, you move on. Uh, the Penguins' problems are, are they're twofold. You're inexperienced in a lot of positions. You're not, you're not making plays. And, um, but effort's a big part, you know. Um, so hopefully the Penguins bring effort into their home conference opener. Um, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. But I want to transition into something a little different here. Uh, we did not touch on this. We were off the air uh, when the news broke. But, Tim, uh, we're going to go down to Montgomery, Alabama next year, sweet home Alabama, as we'll kick off into a 19 season. And I know it's only 2018. We still got a lot of long ways to go. Um, as we'll play Samford in the Guardians Credit Union Kickoff Classic. Um, so what are your thoughts on that schedule and quirk? Um, and just your overall thoughts on it. I think it's a great opportunity. I mean, you're going to be on ESPN. You're going to have a kickoff classic. It's probably prime time type scenario. You're going to give yourself an opportunity to be seen. And you're talking about a program that has story. You know, Youngstown State, even though – you know, they haven't won a championship since the 90s. Just played one a couple of years back and, you know, have, cla you know, Keisha class in a sense with, uh, you know, you have Bo Pelini. You have you have a lot of things that makes it a very attractive uh, matchup. I think Sanford will be a great matchup. I think it's an opportunity to play a school your size and get seen by uh, a lot of people, including uh, fans and players that are potential recruits going forward that's a good thing i'm i'm excited about it it's, it's you're still going to have your home games against your non scholarship teams mm -hmm. because that's just the way it works you can't bring in a division two school you won't get credit for the win or the loss in this case yep. this year but uh the bottom line is 
it's it's a great move. It's a great opportunity for the school and, and for the program. And I love it. I think it's it, it really gives you something to look forward to to start the season. And it also uh, it's a it's a big you know prize to start the season for a team to say, hey, we're going to be on national TV and we're going to have a chance to showcase our talents, our team, our school, and what we're about. And every football player in the world wants to be on ESPN. So this is a great opportunity, I think, for uh, the subdivision and for YSU in general to have this opportunity. They've been doing it the last few years, mm-hmm. and it's it's time to, uh, to get YSU involved too. So I think it's a great opportunity, and I'm glad it happened. Yeah, I think it's absolutely – uh, tremendous opportunity uh, for our program. Um, I know a lot of fans, and I can understand uh, the whole, well, why do we want to go watch Butler and Valparaiso and Duquesne and Dayton and, you know, all the non-scholarship, partial scholarship teams we played recently. And, look, there are arguments for both. You want games where you think that you should get a win. Uh, we split this year against those schools, which is not great. Um, and but like you said, it's every player's goal and dream to be on national TV, say, hey, I play on ESPN. And for a program right now that we're in a transition period, basically, let's face it, um, this is big for our program going forward for recruiting. To, to have all the recruits out there, you know, Everybody knows it's because of our tradition. But kids nowadays, it's not so much about tradition. It's can I play right away? And look, there's going to be a lot of jobs open for freshmen to come in and play immediately. Um, and it's a national brand that kids from Texas and Florida and California, all the hotbed states of football, to look at and go, wow, I can go there, play, and play a high level of football. Uh, Sanford's obviously a great opponent. Uh, we have history with them a little bit, um, playing them in the first round of the playoffs a couple of years ago, beating them. Um, Stanford almost beat Florida State this year and should have beat Florida State if it weren't for uh, two late touchdowns by the Seminoles. Um, so it's, it, I think it's a great honor for our program to go uh, down to Alabama and play. And I hope, I hope that the university learns from the fiasco and debacle uh, ticket-wise of a championship game to have a little package for fans to go down to Montgomery because it'll be fun. And um, I know, for one, I am planning on going down to Montgomery, Alabama. I've never been to Alabama, so it'll be a great excuse to use a vacation day from work and go to Montgomery. Um, but I'm urging all the Penguin fans, I know the season's been tough, uh, but this Next year, you won't have to worry about motivation week one. You won't have to worry about, oh, it's Butler. You know, and like you said, this is a team in your level uh, to really judge how good of a football team you are. You know, you really can't judge in a 65-7 to win against a non-scholarship team, just like you can't judge in a 52-17 game against the West Virginia. So this is your chance to see – how good of a football team you are. It's an earlier start than we're accustomed to. Um, so I like it. I, I think it's a great thing for our program. Um, and hopefully our fans can get behind it. And, um, you, you know, that can jumpstart our season next year. But I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was um, 
it was big news as far as our program goes and uh, university. You're putting our university, and I say our, I'm a season ticket holder, and I work there, um, in the national spotlight. So it would be great to uh, have that national exposure. Um, transitioning back to the 2018 season, uh, Tim, we open up home conference play this week against the Salukis of Southern Illinois. Um, both teams struggling so far. Um, what are your thoughts real quickly on uh, the Penguins' primetime clash against the Southern Illinois Salukis? A must win. <laughs> you aren't I, it, kidding. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it, it comes down to a must win and an opportunity to be successful you can't change what has transpired the loss to butler the loss to west virginia uh the win against valparaiso the disappointing loss last week to western illinois you are what your record reads as we talk about many times and you are what you are and there's only one way to correct that and that starts this week you want people to show up at Stanbaugh Stadium and cheer you on. You want to make the games later in November mean something. Then you have to win in October this year. And that's where they're at. That's that's the challenge. You know, Jim Trestle used to love the saying, you know, championship teams win in November. Well, for YSU, it's moved up. It's now yeah. October. And this team has to win now. Uh, that's where they're at. They The only chance they have the rest of the season to stay motivated and to play well is to beat Saluskis this week, take advantage of the opportunities in front of them, seize the moment, and go for it. And have full effort. Show me for the first time this year that you're playing a full 60 minutes. They're not taking off a play. They're not, not not leaving some on the field where they say they left points on the board when they should have scored. I want to see a complete 60 minutes of football from this Penguins program. It can be done. They have the talent. They have the ability. And I I honestly think they have the coaching staff. I don't think the coaching staff's bad. I like what the, the who he has on his on his uh on his staff and I like what they can do. And I think it's going to be challenging. And get back into this race for the Missouri Valley football conference begins this Saturday. And how you do that is take it one week at a time. Each week's a must win and go forward. You know, 93 team or 91 team, I think was uh, one and three and then went on the win streak and never lost again. Uh, it's going to take that type of effort without that type of effort. You know, you're looking at five and five at best. So yeah, this, this is, is this is a it it it's week five and it's a must win. And that's the way I see it. Yeah. It's a absolute must win. You're in position each and every week to prove that your season matters. And we're gonna find out what the character of this team is uh this week. Mm -hmm. We're gonna this is Nobody else needs to say it. this is a must win. Um, but more, more so, if your culture truly has changed, like Polini said this year, 
after the injuries uh, going into the Butler game, if the culture is where he wants it to be, if it's, you know, if, if he's happy where it's at, you come out and you put effort on the field for all 60 minutes. And I would even go along the lines of, if you got fourth and three, if you're at the Southern 20, go for it. The hell with kicking field goals right now. The hell with, you know, taking a chance because Zach County is not making them. I want to see a team come together and believe that, you know, just put a product in the field that you can walk off the field, win or lose, and be like, I gave my all today. And that's something this program historically has done over the years. Um, we have not been, embar- been embarrassed to the extent um, like we were last Saturday. So it's time to, to shut up, to man up, and once again, you're kicking the gut. And I know Southern Illinois is 1-3, but Southern Illinois scored 49 points against Missouri State, 41 at Ole Miss, 44 at Southeast Missouri, and 24 against South Dakota. So it's, it's not a good team by any means, but it's a high-flying offense going against a defense that right now has no confidence at all. So in order to, to get some, you better come out and man up this week and um, respond. Because if you don't, and you go one and four and lose the way you did against Western Illinois, uh, things can get ugly very, very fast. Um, and you, you don't want that happening going to Brookings next week against South Dakota State. So um, the Penguins need to come out. They need to run the ball more than 28 times. And I don't care if it's 70% running the ball. Run it down Southern's throat and run it and run it and run it and establish a physical presence like you brought up recently and just shove it down their throat and show up for all 60 minutes. Because like you said, it's only week five and we're in must-win mode right now. And it's not even – and I won't even go it's must-win mode for playoffs. It's must-win mode to see what kind of guys are in the locker room. Because if your culture's changed, like he all wants us to believe, then it's time to get going right now. Because you go one and four, and you're looking at a historically bad season that we're not accustomed to and we don't expect. Yeah. No, you hit it right on the head. And this I don't. So uh, this is the challenge that they face, and they have a lot going forward. Do you get it done? And this will be the game that people circle when the season's over and say, this is the time this team either A, gave up, or B, manned up and became a team and did something special. If they lose the last second ball game and give 100% effort, fine, fine, I can live with that. If they fall behind by three touchdowns at home or they turn over the ball late and miss tackles, and not make plays when plays are in front of them, drop passes, then, yeah, I, I'll be honest, it'll be a question mark. What motivates this team? Where does it go from here? And how does it rebound? And it will be a huge, huge challenge to Coach Bellini if that happens. Uh, it'll be the first time he's really faced this in his career mm-hmm. where a team just underperformed for him. He's always been a coach that you can almost guarantee his teams are going to be there at the end of the season. Uh, You know, that was one of the knocks at him at Nebraska. You know, it was, you know, we're going to be nine and three. We can, we're right in the book today. Well, you know, 
look what Nebraska's done since he's left. And look what he did here at Youngstown in his process. I mean, last year was a down year because of injuries and other you know factors. But the year before, they were right there. So they have a challenge in front of them. And I'm really curious to see how they're going to handle it. I honestly do believe that they have the talent to win in this conference. And the Salukis, you know, traditionally are mediocre. They've had a few good mm-hmm. years along the way. But this, I said the same thing about Western Illinois. And they, they took it to you. So there's no guarantees here. They have to come up and play. They're at home. And they need to prove to themselves, to the coaching staff, and to their fans that they want to win. And, and that's where we're at. I, it is what it is. You are what you yep. are in life. You're one in and three. You're one in three football team. And you've lost at home already once this year. You can't lose again. And you have to win every game the rest of the year. And you got some big ones coming up. But right now, the most important one is the Salukis. It's the only one that matters because your season is one week long each week the rest of the season. And that's where they stand. That's what they face. And that's what has to motivate them each and every Saturday from this point on. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, like I said previously, I, I think all of what you said is 100% spot on. Uh, this game is the game you're going to circle on your calendar in the coming weeks at the end of the year and next year. And is from here on out, you bring 100% effort every play, every quarter, the rest of the season. And it's going to be, is it, you know, well, hey, the 2018 season was, you know, we got off to a bad start with injuries and, you know, new quarterback and inexperience here, which is, you know, it's a fluke season flash in the pan where it just didn't click and next we get rolling again. Or is it a larger sign of things coming? Look, I don't want to come off as I'm very negative or, you know, but let's face it. Last Saturday was unacceptable, and that's two performances now in four games, where in 50 percent of your games, where the performance has been not to Youngstown State standards, and um, this is your season right here. This is your season against a one and three Southern Illinois team that historically you've had them beat, but they've always found ways to snatch victory from you in the past, and they get a and you get them in your house. In prime time. That's it. You get to play in prime time on under the lights in front of your fans. And if you want people to come to your games, then you got to win this Saturday. And I don't care if it's by a three to two score like I pointed out against Valpo or a 76-75 win. I don't care. I want to win. And but I can accept if you give everything you have and you just don't make a play. Okay. But this is a game you should win. There is no reason why you should not win this football game. And I'll get going in this far. There is no reason that you shouldn't win this game by 10 points because you're a better football team in Southern Illinois. You're better coached. You have more talent and you're at home. So it's time to shut up, man up and win the football game. Yeah, well, you know what? I think that's a great goal because here's here's the scenario with the where they're at. They have to prove themselves, and you know, you'll take themselves. a one point win. You'll take a one point win. Mm-hmm. But if a team that wants to get better 
and improve. They have to play, like you said, every every play, every quarter, and till the end of the game. And at the end of the game, they should, you know, look at the scoreboard and know that they give total effort. And that's where they're at. Hey, let's wrap this one up. Yep. And get ready for uh, next week. Yeah. Uh, one last thought. Uh, this is a must win. Uh, we said it. Um, Six o'clock. This Saturday, Stanbaugh Stadium, it's supposed to be 80 degrees and sunny. Um, if they want to rat out fans, I know I'm very disheartened and I'm upset. And I know Ohio State's on at four and their name's on at eight, but let's come out. Let's not show Youngstown to Fairweather City. Let's come out, support this team, and go get a big freaking win. We need it. Um, Tim and I will be back Sunday or Monday. We're never scheduled for MIT. To break down the Southern Illinois game, hopefully we'll win and start talking about South Dakota State. Uh, so my key is effort. That's one key, and that's it. Give effort. Let's see where we go from there. Tim? Effort's the key. Let's get out of here, and we will talk to you all soon right here on the Ice Castle Report through Radio MVP. Um,